All right, welcome back to another episode of Inside Flicks. Uh, my name is Mike, and like always, I'm here with Richard and Raymond. Uh, this is a podcast where we talk about movies, we talk about TV, we talk about everything we have recently seen in most likely, most mostly in th- uh, streaming, but uh, uh, Raymond likes to watch movies in theaters. Uh, Scam. <laughs> no, well, actually, you know, here's some good news. You know, recently the writer's strike has kind of ended. It is ended. The actor's strike is they're in negotiations. SAG is in negotiations right now. So it looks like yeah. the strike business is coming to a close, which is great. But that leads us to what the industry looks at this moment. And that's what I want to kind of focus on because uh, we've been watching some recent comedies that came out in on streaming. Uh, movies like Bottoms, uh, movies like Barbie, and also the Jennifer Lawrence film. We actually talked about earlier in an early episode. Also, about um, Vacation Friends 2. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Vacation Friends 2, which was a, a Hulu original, and which was a movie that we had mixed emotions about. Actually, we didn't like that movie, which right. is a common thing that we had about, about a lot of these comedies that, that that has come out this year. And that's why I want to kind of talk about the kind of the state of comedy in film, so particularly in 2023. But before that, we have to go to Raymond and talk about his, what an exciting weekend he had uh, this past weekend. Uh, you went to Aftershock. That's what was it called? Yeah. Um, I didn't know we were going to talk about that. Yeah, I wanted to, to just briefly, like, briefly talk about that because I think uh, I think that's a fun thing uh, to, to hear about you. I'm living vicariously through your your experiences uh-huh. through the, these conventions. I mean, these concerts. You had me a, a, like a, a a summer of concert going experiences, and I think one of the bigger experiences that you had this year is just this past weekend with was it is it called Aftershock? Yeah. Um. And- yeah, I mean, it was it was great. I guess I've been planning this since uh, February, and it's uh, up in San- it's... Sacramento. I mentioned that yeah. also. Yeah, when we're, we're, we're based in L.A., so yeah, Orange, Orange County. <laughs> well, well, I'm in, he, I'm he in is, San Bernardino. In yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I think, but, and also because of this trip, you had to take the, your the your first airline trip. How was that? Uh, this is gonna sound so stupid, but it was like a train. Yeah. It felt like going on a train, oh, uh, just with like very tight security, and um, yeah. So it was kind of underwhelming. I didn't <laughs> think it was anything special. Did it was nice clap the view. when they land on in line no. in San Francisco or I mean San, uh, Sacramento? <coughs> no, but um, <laughs> what was really nice about the airplane was was just the view out the windows. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I ne- I had never seen that before, and that that looked cool. Mm-hmm. And um. Uh, everything else was, you know, was basically like a train, <laughs> like a train ride. Yeah, because Sacramento, uh, Sacramento's not that far. I mean, I'm, I can imagine that the... It's uh, only a, w- a one-hour flight. Yeah, I can imagine, yeah, Less. Vegas Vegas is probably even half an hour, right? Yeah, I think it was actually like 55 minutes or something. Mm. Well, and, and I also got the full experience, because when I went there, it was like completely perfect. Like, I felt like, you know, floating. I didn't feel any turbulence at all. And on the ride back, it was turbulent the whole time. Mm. Wow! So, uh, so I got the full, you know, <laughs> a smooth, uh, a smooth flying, and but a, a rough landing, or, or I guess returning. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also, you, I mean, I mean, this is probably one of the first times you were like out of the, of the city to certainly for some like a concert like this. Uh, what was the experience of just kind of driving around there or using Uber around there? 
Uh, it, it sucked, man, because I should have come better prepared. Uh, I met a lot of great people at the festival, and they kind of uh, taught me a few things for next year. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> are you joining a, like a concert cult? Uh, you know, you're going to be going around the world now, or around the the country, like like you know, like no. kind of the Grateful Dead I'm, people. I'm, or... I'm, I'm, no, I'm I'm sticking to California. I'm sticking to California. <laughs> Maybe Las Vegas. Um, but uh, you know, I'm I'm keeping it re- relatively close. You know what well, I mean? Here's the good thing about California is like all the great concerts come here anyway, so you don't have to go Most, out of yeah. state. Right, right, right. Well, there's a lot a lot in Las Vegas. That's yeah, true. The, that's true. The, that sphere looks awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I want to check out that sphere. Uh, unfortunately, I'm I'm not a huge U2 fan. I mean, they're cool and all, but I mean, I want something else to play there. What well, did did um, I hear? Like, and Dar- unfortunately, the next the next act that's going to be at uh, in the sphere is probably going to be like you know Taylor Swift or something. Well, like that, I do. Right? I did hear like wasn't Darinovsky directed a film for the the sphere? I'm. Maybe I haven't heard I, I, about it. I think that that's what he's doing next. I'm not sure if it was for that know. particular, like a bus. short film or something like that. Yeah, so I'm not sure. Some, it was some, like a promo piece, though. Yeah, right. So sure. he is directing something for it, right? Yeah. So yeah, I just think, like I something think. in the maybe something that would play before a concert or something like that. Really maybe quick. maybe this would be something that would be uh, available for people to watch. You know, kind of like I how, think that they they asked a bunch of directors to do it because you know they had they have to play something throughout the day. Yeah. Yeah. Or night, actually. Yeah. But anyway, so um, Aftershock, you're there. I mean, you were the, there for how many days? Four days. Wow. I mean, and you see well, a lot of Well, the festival was four days. I was there five days. Just because, you know. Oh, to get there I, earlier. I, yeah. mm-hmm. No, I I got there the day of the festival. It's just um, I, I, I had to, you know, sleep. <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah, what I, was some of the highlights of the, the, the concert? Um, well, I went for, you know... Well, I went when they, immediately when they amount, announced the first two artists, and unfortunately, one of them uh, canceled. Mm. But um, the first artists that they announced were uh, Pantera and Guns N' Roses, and I was <laughs> like, "Oh, that that's that's kind of worth it alone just for them." Really? So, yeah, so I I got I got my tickets, and I got them on a I I guess on a payment plan. So, uh, I paid you know over a couple months. Mm. So, but um, one thing I learned this time is, do not go VIP. <laughs> VIP was double the price, and it wasn't worth it at all. And mm. it was—I really didn't take advantage of it. I feel like the VIP is mostly for older people and for families, because the VIP section is very shaded, and there's like couches and chairs and a bunch of stuff. But it's a pretty far distance from the stages. Mm. Oh. And like you have good view because you're more elevated and stuff, but I want to be, you know, in, in the stage, you know, I want to be, you know, close to the stage. I want to be, you know, in with everyone having a good time. I don't want to be in this kind of far away area watching like from a, a hill or whatever, just because they're shade. No, uh, I felt again, that's more for families. That's more for older people that, you know, can't really handle being out on the and the crowds and the sun anymore. Right. Amen, brother. <laughs> yeah. So, so I yeah, think the benefit. I, I'll, of it, I'll get but... the couch in my living room <laughs> watching it via satellite. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I I get it for for some people, but for for me, it just was kind of a waste of money. So next time, I'm gonna definitely just go general admission. It's, it's half the price, and yeah, it's way way better. And um, 
Yeah, but I, I, I guess the, the highlights. Yeah, the highlights yeah. were. Um, yeah, for me, Guns and Roses, uh, Tool, um, Corn, oh. uh, L Seven, the highlight for me. Oh wow! Um, I remember. You know, the Colt was great, and I'm not. I, I'm. I'm very. Not. I'm not a huge Colt fan. I only you know, know two songs by them, but the whole. So almost all the songs they played, I'm like, I don't know these songs, but it was, it was great, you know? And I was very surprised by, you know, how they still sound like, you know, that the album, is it still the same lineup? Uh, oh, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh Ian Ashley or Ian, Ian, Ian something. Fuck. Yeah. Uh, he's the, he's the, he's got a great voice and, uh, he, he's still, I mean, he's been playing forever. So, so yeah, I mean. I think they are uh, uh, pretty much the same lineup. Yeah, I mean, they yeah, great. yeah, I'm a fan of the, the cult for sure. Richard, Richard had all the cassettes back in the day. I remember that. Uh, yeah, yeah, I just know them like from you know the the two songs I've always heard in a, in a million movies or whatever. Right. right? <laughs> yeah, but um, I never really explored their uh, discography. But yeah, they were they they were really great. No, they, they got like six songs. <laughs> they all sounded <laughs> okay. like though. <laughs> Yeah, but um, who was like the... ACDC? And they all sounded like <laughs> who was yeah, it? Yeah, but the... I mean, but ACDC is a, a band I would love to play next year because they they're yeah. you know one of my favorites. I mean, the ACDC is like one of the bands that you know got me into rock and roll. Well, I'm just saying, I'm just compar- comparing it because ACDC is all oh, sound yeah. alike, but they're all oh, yeah, jams. Yeah. Of, uh, of course, but like uh, Ramones, same, same way. Like, like the Ramones, yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. They have a sound, and I mean, so who was like some of the biggest surprises that you didn't expect? I guess. Uh, Cold. Well, uh, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna say honestly, I'm not I'm not a Limp Bizkit fan. I was never really a Limp Bizkit fan. Mm-hmm. You love his movies, but I thought though. I I thought <laughs> the fanatic. <laughs> but I I thought they put on a a great show. I thought they were I thought they were great. Mm-hmm. And I thought Fred Durst surprisingly still sounded like he did when he was you know in in the nineties. Yeah, which is impressive. Mm-hmm. Um. I thought he looked like a like a like a clown out there. <laughs> <laughs> he was dressed like a cowboy and stuff, and he he, he had this whole uh, uh, in big letters uh, the new metal cowboy. <laughs> and you were saying to to me before, you know before we recorded that you you were surprised at how many fans are still out there for Limp Biscuit, and I wonder if we're coming to a certain re- uh, a renaissance of new metal. <laughs> it seems like porn. it has been because like. Also, Slipknot's, you know, I think yeah. bigger than ever. Oh, you think so? I mean, and Corn has always yeah. been out there. They've been doing their thing. But, I mean, I don't know. I think for for many years, new metal has been shitted on. I wonder if it's coming around and people are getting, getting back also, to it. Also, you know, uh, if, you, if you've seen The Flash, <laughs> Barry <laughs> Allen has a new metal sticker on his... Oh, I didn't even on realize. His, uh, on his window or whatever. <laughs> oh, there you go. You think that's a... I don't know what that is. Then I don't know what that means. No, I, do, I, do, I, <laughs> I don't do know think, if that's a good thing or bad thing. I think I do think new metal has been having a resurgence the past few years. Yeah, maybe I think, and it maybe is because of you know it is a very aggressive music, and I think people do need to let out some steam, I guess. And it's you know maybe that also ties in with and, why Lincoln Park's always been huge. You know? Oh, Lincoln Park, yeah, it's always have their fan base, and they've always been huge. But yeah, but I'm saying that. Uh, um, yeah, I think maybe that leads into like why we see a rise in, in horror movies. You know, there's a group of of young generation here that wants to 
be a little more aggressive and also feel, you know, let out that steam, let out, you know, let that uh, stuff out and you could get it through horror movies and then you also could get it through some of these, uh, these concerts that you particularly are going to or, or, and have gone this, this summer. But, um, oh, and I, and I guess the other new, I don't even know if they're, if they are new metal, but they, they rap the other band that played was a uh, three eleven. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh, that's, is that new metal? Like, what, what like, would you categorize that? They're like a mixture of so many genres, right? Right. That's like kind of Blink One Eighty Two, right? No, it's well, more like, like reggae. reggae. Right? You're like like it's uh, like reggae ska. and rock yeah. with rap, and it's so many things. It's right? New, I, it's I new, haven't heard them in a long. Time. It's like new ska. I, <laughs> I don't yeah, know. I only. So it's I like only sublime. Really, no, it's just like <sighs> it's like it's the kind of like. Sublime, yeah, kind of. I guess maybe a little bit like sublime. I, I, um, I, I guess that's probably the closest comparison, but. Um, I, the only song I ever really liked from them was, uh, Amber. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the biggest yeah, one, right? But, uh, yeah. And they don't even rap on that one. Maybe that's why I like it. But, <laughs> uh, but. Oh, Danzig. Uh, yeah, they were, you they were good about, too. And they, you have to talk about Danzig. Oh, Danzig was, Danzig was a couple weeks ago. Mm. Oh, oh, was it? But you went to, you, you, you oh, went to you, his oh, house. Oh, I went to Danzig's house. <laughs> <laughs> so after the concert, uh, talk about that. Cause the, uh, this Danzig has a famous kind of abandoned house that uh, that left for the op- or left for the public, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean it's just an abandoned house that he used to live in. Like he lived in there, like when he when like he formed the Misfits or and um or when Misfits was like successful and putting out albums. Or I don't know if they were ever really that successful, but when they <laughs> you know when they had money, but yeah, right, <laughs> yeah, and um and also he lived in that house like during the peak of Danzig. Mm-hmm. Mm. And, yeah, uh, I remember seeing Danzig at San Diego Con, uh, way back in the day when he was doing. He used uh, to have his comic books. Yeah, well, no, uh, he, he, he was doing uh, Death Dealer with uh, Simon Beasley. Oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And also, that's what he was promoting. Uh, and remember, there was all these rumors about how he would be the perfect Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> uh, I didn't know you were a huge Danzig fan. That did that that. that <laughs> that you actually would I go wasn't, to his house. I wasn't. I wasn't really, but um, like the over over the past couple of years, like um, I I started listening to his music, and I never I never realized he was the guy, you know, that formed the Misfits. Oh, so like when I came to that realization, I listened to his music more, and I was, uh, I just uh, I love his voice. You know, I think he's got an incredible voice. You know, I, when I was younger, I, I I always loved Elvis, and then when I was like in kind of high school and. <laughs> Stuff I I loved um, rockabilly. I, I loved the Doors. Oh, when I was in high school, I, I, when I was in high school and stuff, I loved the Doors. And, and I think you... Galen Danzig's voice is kind of a mixture of uh, Elvis and um, and Jim Morrison. Mother. Richard loves mother. I love his I love his voice. I think he has a has a very powerful voice, and I love his um, I love his catalog. Really, his four, his first four albums I think were outstanding. Have Have you seen his movies? Unfortunately, yes. Uh, <laughs> How I, many I movies saw, he, I saw? He, I saw Veronica. The Veronica. other one hasn't been released. Okay, <laughs> he was in Prophecy too, right? I think he was. Think yeah, so. maybe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was played a, a black angel, whatever, an angel, a fallen angel. I think for half a second. Yeah, I mean, he, he's always been. I don't like, remember that movie at all. He's. Is I, that the first one or the second one? No, I think it was way. the first. I don't know now. Now I don't remember, <laughs> but I, I I do remember him being like a fixture in a lot of these sci sci fi horror comedy or horror conventions in the nineties. 
And he, yeah, he would always, or even at Comic Con, like you're, like you were saying, that he would always appear and he always either had a comic book or he was selling his, you know, tour. Or, you know, he always had something. He was always in the, uh, you know, this this community of 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 you know horror fans or you know or you know rock rock fans or whatever you know like he was always a, a t- you always see his face and i guess he i mean i'm shocked that he's still kind of relevant um i mean he's pretty yeah, old he was, yeah. he's getting he up was there. in prophecy too <laughs> he was in pro- prophecy, prophecy too. i mean he's two, he's getting pretty two. old he's getting up there in age and i'm i'm he's very I'm, old yeah you know, and the, uh, at the at the but at the dancing concert I went to a couple of weeks ago, um, they actually had a an ad like whenever uh, an art whenever one of the bands would get off, you know, there's a little break so they could set things up, and they would have these ads that there's gonna ha- there's gonna be a Misfits reunion uh, next year in the same venue in uh, Ontario, California, near where I live. Mm-hmm. So next year I'm I'm definitely going to that to the Misfits reunion. Yeah. So the, you had a great weekend. I'm uh, I'm assuming there. Yeah, it was probably the best um, weekend you had in a long time. I mean, it it it's it's up there with seeing Metallica. When I saw Metallica, mm-hmm. uh, it was really amazing. It w- it was kind of like a a longer version of that with even more people. Because there was a hundred and sixty something thousand people there, and yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. most of the times, you know, they were at you know. The majority of the crowd was at the whoever was playing at the biggest stage. Um, I guess I got uh, pretty lucky on day one because I didn't really want to see the headliner. The headliner was Avenged Sevenfold. Uh, oh. I'm, I, I I didn't really I didn't really care. I'm sorry. <laughs> I wanted to see L Seven, <laughs> and there was nobody there. <laughs> So I was like in the very front by the rails for that. Oh, you know, I was looking at your Instagram photos. You were you, were, you met a a band that you never heard of and you liked. Yeah. Uh, what was who who were they? Widow Seven. Oh, okay. And they were awesome. Yeah, they were they. Yeah, they were pretty good, and uh, they don't have an album yet. They just have a bunch of singles. Oh wow! And yeah, I'm, I was I was yeah I'm, I was I was I was impressed by them. I also met another artist. Um, Luna Aura. I haven't posted the pictures from that yet, but I will soon. And um, I thought she also sang really great. She she was she. I thought she put on a good show. And um, and she was a yeah. She's I, don't, a, I don't a new artist as well. Someone who yes. Has, I, I, do you do you find that like some of these new artists don't have record labels and they're really kind of doing like the uh, you know like kind of doing it on their own. That. Yeah, they kind of like seems like that, huh? Right. Yeah, I I think because there's not really no money. Unfortunately, there's no money in in the music industry, or at least for the the for the old way of thinking or the old way of doing yeah. things. And it seems like new artists are kind of going more direct to consumer, and you know they, they'll play. I, I mean, I'm, I'm I mean, you tell me. I mean, you you've been at a whole bunch of concerts this year, uh, uh, but they seem like they're getting you know attacked. Uh, well, yeah, get, I mean that's how feature. it is. That's how that's how it is. Like. That's how it's been for a while in in metal and also in um, hip hop. Yeah, so. yeah, and I think, and I always I always thought this like music, and in the music industry is uh, it's kind of what the future is uh, for films. You know, we've seen how films are doing pretty bad in box office wise, box office wise, mm-hmm. and I find it that maybe there's going to be a time where a lot of these filmmakers are going to do more kind of independent stuff and maybe have to go direct to consumer and, you know, maybe they'll play in festivals, but then 
you know, maybe maybe there will be a market for for a direct consumer thing where you could just buy some stuff st- stuff from them directly. You know, I don't know. I but I guess maybe the only hmm. that's what Louis C.K. tried. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and there's just been a couple of people who've been trying that, but uh, I don't know if that how sustainable is that, that that's going to be. I maybe mean, it's, it's not sustainable, but um, yeah, I wonder I how. See that. I could see something like that working if you're you're running a TV show. Mm. And it gets canceled, and you somehow can retain the rights. Well, yeah. it basically um, was a huge hit for Sound of Freedom, which is basically the same way. And also, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and the upcoming uh, Taylor Swift movie, huh. she's going to make a buttload of change. Yeah, so. yeah. And Dory yeah. made a lot. When yeah. Beyonce so sold is, out five days in a row. And Beyonce is, is following her lead, and she's no, doing they're her. all going to follow her coattails. Yeah, and know? I wonder if that that. That could also happen for filmmakers where, you know, if you have enough following, a big enough following, that you could just go to the movie theaters themselves and, you know, basically could do four wallet. Like, like how you used to, you know, they used to actually do that in the 70s. Like, uh, uh, Marvel <laughs> Van Peebles used to do that for uh, 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 Sweetback, right? The, that was a movie that he four walled the movie himself. And, and then eventually, you know, a, a studio was attached to it. But, I don't know. It'll be interesting in the next couple of years to see how the movie industry how, uh, how will change. Well, I bet you there was a lot of these directors went out and during the strike and all that went out and did um, did uh, international TV spots uh, in, in, in their downtime, like Scorsese did. <laughs> uh, so uh, I bet you there's a lot of lot of uh, big dame uh, commercials out there in oh, uh, in uh, sure. Sure. international spots and maybe you don't even have to do a feature length movie i mean look at like we were right, talking about right. darren and darren aronofsky that he you know he's he's working on right. the this, this big whatever 14k whatever the spear is but like you know that's something that's i that's on his he's doing that on his own you know, that's not related to any studio yeah, I, I, even heard, I even heard that there was a a new BMW films out uh, recently. I oh, who who did it? Uh, but it was just a one shot BMW films, which I was a big fan of back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see who did it. And the BMW films was like a early series, yeah. web series of short films were featured or directed by a number of big names like Warren Connor. Juan Carwai, Jill Carnahan. Did David Fincher did one? I'm not sure, but this one was a uh, Sam Hargrave, and it was oh uh, wow. Started, it, it starred uh, Palm uh, Clementioff uh, from uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's on a website. That's on the w- BMW Films. Yeah, so you can probably even watch it in YouTube somewhere. Oh wow. Okay, I'll check that out. Um, who did that? Sam Hargrave. The, uh, the Extraction, movie? extraction, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. But I mean, I, my favorite BW B, BMW films was the Tony Scott one with uh, James Brown and uh, Gary yeah. Gary Oldman, mm-hmm. and 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 it's funny because like I mean that was like early web series. I mean that was, mm-hmm. I think that was not even HD. You know, you can't you could watch it only only on like maybe a video player or I mean a Windows player. Or, or maybe quick, like early quick time or something like that. Um, I think back in the day they released a, a, a DVD when if you actually went to the BMW, uh, you know, website, 
<laughs> or maybe just took it for a test drive or whatever. <laughs> but I mean that that uh, that Tony Scott uh, film, short film, I think predated or you could see like kind of what he was going through like because like afterwards he did man on fire and it really felt like he was doing something different in that short film and i think it it went uh that style of just go, like super cuts and like s- extreme close-ups and moving the camera around that was in mm-hmm. that short and then eventually he kind of brought that same style into man on fire all his movies yeah all of them it all became of, the signature yeah yeah D- domino all that stuff you know and it really kind of started and it's, with... it's kind of crazy because Tony Scott was like a completely like very different filmmaker before that, like for a long time. For yeah, like I mean, decades. Look, look, if you look at Top Gun, the, the original Top Gun, I mean, that's kind of like a basic kind of, you know, really good looking drama. I mean, there was nothing so yeah. fancy about it. And then afterwards, after 2000s, he was kind of... Beverly Hills Cop. <laughs> yeah, but in the 2000s, early 2000s, he got, he got really into like... Graphic yeah. arts and, and, and it was all because of this uh, BMW thing. I think he yeah. used that that short as a way to like just experiment because then he went to do uh, Domino mm-hmm. and then uh, like yeah. I the, the, fa- the fan. Oh yeah, and also um, what was that other one? Um, the train. Uh, oh, the, the train. deja vu, deja vu, and then and then he did the train one. Unstoppable. Oh, yeah. Unstoppable. I mean, I, I don't think he did that much flashing uh, in on Unstoppable as much as the other ones. Yeah, uh, Domino and and uh, he did Man a on ton Fire. Of Denzel Washington movies. Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah, Do- those two were a team. Domino. Did he do the taking of Pel- Pelham. Yes. Oh, was that yes. what it's called? That's yeah. true. That's one. Of, yeah, he did that. With John yeah, yeah, they they all look the same. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, specifically with Domino and Man on Fire. Because in the short, it was James Brown, and because you can't necessarily understand them, you know, like James Brown famously doesn't, you know, he has a certain rough accent that the, he would use subtitles. And the subtitles kind of looked what they did for Man on Fire and Domino. You oh, know? yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. If you could find it, check it out. It's I'm sure it's on YouTube. Uh, it's I forgot what it's called. It's like, Ride with the Devil or something like that. It was some, something like that. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Something with the devil. And it's like a short or something. Yeah, it's like a, a I don't know how long, maybe a twenty minute short. Great, a great appearance with uh, Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman is the devil in the in the in the short. Mm-hmm. Maybe speak to the devil. Is that what it's called? I don't know. But um, anyway, but that... um, I forgot that we should we should talk about my um. My kind of uh, my my near battle death? scars and stuff. Your near my, death my battle, experience. Yeah, my near death experience. All my battle scars from from aftershock. Because that's probably the interesting stuff, right? Okay. Well, yeah. Let's let's, let's hear about your. Uh... Okay, so the first day I get there, right? Well, let me, I guess let me talk about all the shitty stuff that happened. <laughs> okay. Oh, and but first, uh, it was called "Beat the Devil." Okay, "Beat the Devil." Oh, "Beat the Devil." I had James Tony Brown, Scott. James Brown, Gary Oldman, Danny Trejo, oh, and yeah. Marilyn Manson. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's right. A quick cameo, Marilyn Ma- Marilyn Manson. Go ahead, but go ahead, uh, Ray. Okay, so what I didn't realize when I got my Airbnb, and look, I'm not complaining. I got it for a great price. It was only like two hundred bucks or something for the for the what four or five nights that I was there. It was a great deal compared to like how much the hotels were asking for because of the event. <laughs> um, but what I didn't realize was I couldn't check into the Airbnb until 3 p.m. Oh. So I I had to basically carry my luggage with me to the festival 
but you know how they're very strict with like you know taking luggage so i had to pack very 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 light and i had to be very secure that everything that i packed would i wouldn't you know would not get thrown out at the festival but once it gets checked by security so i just basically like took clothes and i had to like carry that around all day <laughs> which you know that that sucked <laughs> but uh and you know then i get to the go to the to the merch line to get to check if they have tool posters because i really want to get a tool poster so i i get in line it took two hours <laughs> it took two hours to get to the front and then when i get to the front i find out that i can't get the tool poster till the next day mm-hmm. so okay whatever <laughs> i i I, tr- I i go i go to enjoy the festival i pretty much missed everyone <laughs> at that point and um but I, but uh, Pan, you know, Pantera canceled unfortunately, and the mm-hmm. replacement was um, Stone Temple Pilots, or yeah. Richard refused to, refuses to call them that. But yeah. <laughs> the new Stone Temple Pilots, which kind of sucked because I just saw them earlier this year right. when they opened for Smashing Pumpkins, and it was the exact same set, obviously, right? Yeah. So they did a good job during Smashing Pumpkins, and they did a good job here again. But unfortunately, when I was watching them, you know, I was so into the show so into the to, to to the performance so you know watching them play that i didn't realize that you know why why would people you know form a circle pit for stone temple pilots right but <laughs> mm-hmm. i didn't realize but a circle pit for is formed around me <laughs> and i was watching the performance and all of a sudden you're right in the and, middle and of the pit all, all, of, all of a sudden i get i i get uh pushed and I end up flying back. I get knocked into a bunch of people, but unfortunately, the worst part was I fell right on my tailbone. Oh, and it still hurts. It still hurts so much right now, and I'm probably gonna have to get a check. Oh, Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that. And the top that, it off, it was probably Vaseline. The song. <laughs> oh, I don't. I don't even remember, man. I, I was like knocked out for a second. <laughs> but um. Uh. Yeah, so so that sucked, and then uh, the the next day, I arrived very early, you know, so because I wanted to get my tool poster. I found out they were gonna have autographed ones, so mm. those are limited. I wanted to get one of those. I showed up very early. I got there, I think at nine o'clock. I only had maybe three hours of sleep, and what sucks because the day before when I went to the airport, I only had three hours of sleep as well. So I'm Jeez. going two days with six hours of sleep. Jesus. Yeah. And, the, and, and I got also there. it's very hot. That's another kind of downside. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when I got there, it was cool because it was like 9 a.m. or yeah. whatever, like 10, 9, like 9, 30 a.m. or something. So then I started to wait. They didn't open until 12. She was waiting, waiting, waiting. And, you know, I was in the VIP line and I don't know how they let this happen, but the general admission line moved faster than the VIP line. What? <laughs> Yes, yeah, so a bunch of people that were in the general admission line got in way faster than I did, and I was like way in front of them, and it just it took forever. But once I got finally got in, I go to the merch line, I wait forever to get my tool poster, and I find out that they didn't get them yet. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, what, well, what, what's going on? When, when are they going to arrive? They're like, we're expecting them at five, but we don't know. And at five is like, you know, I, I don't remember who was playing. And it wasn't the main event, but it was so. But I'm I'm trying to remember who it was. Got to find the schedule. But it was it was it was someone big. It was someone that I wanted to see. And I was like, "Fuck, five five o'clock." I mean, 
Uh, you're you're making me make some big decisions right here. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, luckily throughout the festival, I made a lot of friends, and um, one of the people that I met in line early, he also wanted to get a tool poster, and he decided to wait there the whole time. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, yeah. So he, I I gave him my number, and I'm like, text me when they get them. Please do me this favor. And he did. So I was able to get a tool poster. Unfortunately, not an autographed one. But the bright side is the autographed ones were three hundred and twenty-five dollars. Jesus! You mean so, at, the, yeah. at the door? At the merch? Yeah. At the merch? At the, yeah. Oh my god! Oh well, tools? they're selling. They're selling for like over a thousand on eBay. <laughs> they should have. It cost three hundred. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, oh, and this will piss you off even more. <laughs> they were selling. They were selling one poster. That had a, a doodle, um, or like Maynard drew a, a, a doodle on there or whatever, right? And they were selling it for $1,600. That's on eBay right now for, I think, like five grand. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, but I got one poster and it was still ridiculously overpriced. It was $100. <laughs> and here's the bullshit. I'm like, okay, can I have a poster tube? And they were like, well, the band doesn't want us to give you guys poster tubes because then the post because if we give you a poster tube uh they'll the, the poster will get damaged because it's a hologram and i'm like but you know it'll get much more damaged yeah. if i go in the pit you know so like i don't i don't see the the logic here and uh so what basically what they force you to do is to buy a regular aftershock poster which is 45 dollars. oh and i did not want one but i had to buy one and what made and what sucked was there was a tool line that took forever, but to get the aftershock poster, I had to go to the regular merch line, which was even longer. So that took like an that took that took forever, and then I, I had to you know buy a poster that I didn't <gasps> want to put it in, and unfortunately, they were out of like the big tubes, so I had to like squeeze it into a very tiny tube. I uh, luckily I only got one tiny crease on it towards the bottom. But fuck, man, it was a challenge. <laughs> and then um, when uh, when I saw Guns N' Roses on Sunday, it was the same shit again. Oh. <laughs> yeah, well, well, actually, to, and to defend Guns N' Roses, it wasn't actually the same shit again. It's the same thing happened, but they were just out of tubes. Oh, okay. They were out of poster tubes. So I had to go to a different merch booth. And then when I went to a different merch booth, I'm like, they were out of tubes. Can you guys give me one? They're like, we're not allowed to. You have to buy a poster. So I had to buy another Aftershock poster. <laughs> but it wasn't, luckily, at least it wasn't the same design. It was a different design. But geez, I don't want those posters. <laughs> you have great memories now of those posters. And now, and and then the other thing is, because I, um, I had to um, protect these things. I had to also rent a locker. Oh man, Jesus Christ, man! You gotta do a yeah, lot. I know, of man. It's a business. <laughs> so, I, which was forty dollars. Mm. So I felt like in order to protect these things, I had to spend another hundred bucks. <laughs> I guess what makes up for it is the, the Guns N' Roses poster was fifty bucks. The Tool poster was a hundred dollars, and they're all both selling for like way more than that on eBay. So even though I had to pay a lot of money to protect them, it's still better than buying them on eBay. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I guess that's the only, the only way I could kind of tell myself, like, uh, <laughs> at least it was kind of worth it. <laughs> Believe uh, me, I feel ripped off. <laughs> Believe me, I feel ripped off, man. Yeah. They took. The, I I learned for next year that I need to take a poster tube inside. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, quickly, tell us about your near-death experience in corn, where you get <laughs> yes. sucked in. Well, you tell us. You get. Yes. Yes. So this is uh, this is going to be like my my. This is like my Vietnam story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I I I would I was not expecting it to be this crazy, right? I mean, I I've, I've been going to a lot of concerts and stuff and you know i've been in some pits and stuff some 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 of the crowds have been crazy but not like this so i was pretty near the front of the stage mm. and um once corn actually got on everyone in the back started pushing forward and everyone in the back started pushing backwards and it kind of created this whole kind of wave and at one point, I just like lifted my legs in the air, and I just was like floating, because like all the bodies smashing into each other, each other were just able to hold hold me up in the air. So that was that was actually kind of cool. What sucked <laughs> about it was I was drowning, because we were all sweating. I smelled like shit. Yeah. Everyone else around me smelled like shit. It was hard to breathe every time I took like uh, every time I tried to breathe. I would kind of take it all in, and I just wanted to die. <laughs> <laughs> it must must have been like 1994 Comic Con. <laughs> no, it's it more like uh, Game of Thrones, uh, Battle of, Battle of the Bastards. <laughs> oh, so it, it it was tough, and um, I I I recorded one the the opening song with my phone. And then I had to put my phone in my pocket because I felt like I was going to lose it. And I was barely able to put it in my pocket. It's one of those situations where you put your phone in your pocket and then you, you kind of have to squeeze your arms out in the air. And then you kind of have to just leave them in the air because you can't put them back out down. Oh, wow. Yeah. So but you're surfing. <laughs> you're surfing on top of the pot, the mosh, mosh pit, right? Well, I had to. Eventually, I, I, I just couldn't stand the stench anymore. <laughs> and I had to get out. Right. So I had to kind of like say to tell the people around me, I need to get out. And they kind of like lifted me up, kind of crowd surfed me out to the security so they could get me out. But what really sucks is like, as I was walking out, like all I could hear all my favorite corn songs playing. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, come on, man. <laughs> so I did watch the show. Like I did finish it, obviously, but I kind of watched it from like the back. But I, I, I could have got a little bit closer, but I was just feeling so drained. Like I was, the shirt I was wearing was all, like, I felt like it was just threw, like someone threw it in water mm-hmm. and it was nasty. It's like, yeah, it was sweat. A lot of it mine, but I think most of it wasn't mine. Cause like everyone just was sweating and everyone, like most people weren't even wearing shirts and it was just, yeah, it, it, that was, that was wild. <laughs> But you know what? Next time corn is in town, I, it's a challenge now. I have to, I have to be able to stick through the whole, the whole concert <laughs> in the front. So I'm gonna try again next time. It's just next time I need to be, you know, more prepared. I need to, because I, I was like completely drained from the past two days. I was on Saturday. You know, I was there Thursday and Friday also. So I was just drained with yeah. very little sleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next time, you know, if I see them, it's probably just gonna be them and an opening band. So I'll, I'll definitely be there the whole time. And um, I'm going to try to be like in the very, very front, like when I saw Smashing Pumpkins a couple months ago. Because if you're on the rail, you could, you, everyone's smashing into you, right? But you have air. You know what I mean? You're in the oh, front. In front of you. Yeah. 
So it's like, you know, you don't have that smell problem. That's the best. <laughs> Man. And, um, yeah. That, so that, that sounds was, like that yeah. was wild. So, yeah. That's your uh, thousand yard stare <laughs> a story right there. Yeah, uh, uh, so uh, I and I got I was covered in bruises. <laughs> yeah, I, I bet. I mean, I bet. I bet. Yeah, I mean, you. I was, how, I was how, do you f- how do you feel? How do you? F- how, you know, like I think you you went on even Sunday, right? So how did you feel yeah. when you got back home? Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, let me tell you, because because uh, I was on, I, like I told you guys, I I, did, I barely slept out that, that uh, in those days, in those first three days, and even the the day be- previously because of the airplane. Um. So I decided I'm just going to sleep in, right? I'm going to go late. I went late the next day and I, I'm glad I did. I'm very grateful I did. I did miss a band that I wanted to see, but it's all right. Um, I decided I'm just going to get there in time for, for Rancid because they were the band that played before Guns N' Roses on that stage. So I got there for Rancid. I, I got as close to the front as I could. I got to pretty good. I got pretty close to the front, uh, and it was it was a really fun show because everyone was crowd surfing. Like it's a, it's like you know a total like kind of skate punk vibe. So everyone was just crowd surfing, and there was a lot bunch of people in costumes crowd surfing. Like Jesus Christ was crowd surfing, like Spider Man. <laughs> so it, it, it was it was a good time. Um, but what was even better was you know once ever, once the Rancid show ended. Everyone went to the other stage to go see uh, Queens of Queens of the Stone Age, mm-hmm. which I wanted to see also. But you know, I was like, if I could get a little closer for Guns and Roses, you know, I'd, I'd rather have that. And I got very close for Guns and Roses. Like I was very close. I wasn't like touching the rails close, but there was there weren't that many people in front of me. And um, yeah, and that that was just fantastic i mean obviously axel rose can't sing the way he used to mm-hmm. but i thought they put on a, a really great show um you know also sucks that you know izzy isn't with the band but you know still i mean it was fantastic scene slash i mean fantastic scene you know duff axel these guys were all great it was it was such a good time and the kind of visuals going on while the show was playing in the background just made it a, a real true experience same for tool the, the on uh what was, when was tool was the one tool was on saturday i think no tool was on friday right yeah. tool put on a really great show man like the whole thing it, it was almost like a rave in there because with, with with all the lights and stuff like <laughs> that was fun i want i definitely want to see tool again they they put on a great concert uh, oh you- but i should also say my my injury <laughs> <laughs> okay so, uh, besides your tailbone, the, yeah. The during Rancid, there was a, like I said, there was a lot of people crowd surfing, and one of the people that was crowd surfing, they they dropped their phone, and uh, they lost it, right? And they were, I remember them coming around before Guns N' Roses went on, like looking around for it, like for a long time, and they couldn't find it. And event, eventually, like like thirty minutes later or something, someone did find it, and they tried to chuck it to the front to where security is. But they missed, and it hit me in the head, and I got a giant bulge. Jesus Christ, man! This is Vietnam. Mm. Yeah, because the the because it was like a, it had a giant phone protector case. You yeah, know? like probably one of those thick ones too. Yeah, With the extra battery built in. It's like a yeah, brick. It, it was literally literally it, a brick yeah. thrown at your head. Yeah. Which which side on the right or left? 
right? But luckily, it was like in the hair area, so like you can't see it; you could just feel it. Oh man! So it's still it's still a big, a big bump there, still. Yeah. Oh shit! You know when you check your tailbone, check that bump too. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Well, that brings us to our portion bottoms. Bottoms. <laughs> We're talking about yeah. I mean. Hey. <laughs> Let's let's talk about some of the comedies that came out this year or recently. Just bottoms. Well, um, let me ask you guys really quick. Did you guys watch Strays? No, not yet. No, no, not yet. But um, you were not a fan. I'm of curious. It. I thought it was all right. I mean, I liked. I I, I appreciated it for what it is because I thought it was going to be a complete piece of crap, mm-hmm. and I thought they were kind of able to kind of keep the the whole the gimmick um, refreshing enough, I guess, throughout its runtime. So for me, it, it, it's a pass, but you know, not a high recommendation. Mm-hmm. But Still, yeah, I, mean, I definitely wanted to watch that instead of Bottoms. Then mm-hmm. I got outnumbered. <laughs> well, we all decided to watch Bottoms because it was you know highly buzzed about. Uh, um, there were some. I mean, I think is. it had a high uh, Rotten Tomato um, score. Yeah. Uh, and kind of like a Barbie, people were t- talking about how great and Barbie is. And a high is. audience score. Yeah, that's true. And uh, after actually, well, after watching Bottoms, uh, I, I I go okay, I you know, I I don't think it's a great comedy. I didn't hate it, but after watching Barbie, I was like, Am I losing it? <laughs> Am I not? Because uh, I mean, Barbie's a totally different. I mean, look, Bottoms is this kind of independent comedy done by i don't know how much the budget was it wasn't that big and it's mostly no you know it's mostly made for young gen you know like a gen zers or whatever and i'm sure they'll they'll love that 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 film but barbie already has this you know this box office uh label i mean it's a it's a it's a bona fide blockbuster it's the biggest movie of the year and I go, there's got to be something about it, even though I was not really that much interested in watching it. But I go, there's got to be something about it that is appealing to people. What is it? And I was so shocked that I thought it was a really bad movie. And it made Party? me think, yeah, I think it's a, I, 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 well, as a comedy, as a comedy, I think it th- doesn't work. Hmm. Now. No elf. No. no, I should no. add that I haven't seen the movie. Yes, I mean, me and Rich saw Barbie, um, and really just out of curiosity of what people are talking about. I think I don't think it works as a comedy. I don't, I don't, I don't think the kind of like like Bottoms. I don't think the you know I didn't laugh at one at all, any time. Uh, the, I think the jokes fall flat. Now, Barbie, on the other hand, I think I did laugh when they were dealing with Ryan Gosling's character Ken. I think the Ken stuff works, but it's called Barbie, and it's mostly centered around uh, Margaret, M- Margaret, uh, Margot Robbie, and I don't know if that that stuff works. I, I I I don't think it works. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what other people are saying about the movie. I mean, obviously, people are going have gone back to watch this multiple times, uh, and it has become this phenomenon. But I wonder if that most of that box office noise came out of just because of this 
uh, uh, sensation online and that, that it had stirred up this kind of commotion that people needed to go see it. I don't know if people are coming out of it and saying that, you know, this is one of their favorite comedies of all time. Maybe they are, but I don't see it. I, it to me, it really felt Which like... Which one, Bottoms? Uh, uh, Bar- Barbie. And oh, I, they are saying that. They are, are saying are that. Are they saying that? So, yeah. I to me, I it felt it feels like Barbie's. They're gonna, saying that about both of them. Well, I, that's what I want to bring up. I mean, well, let me let me let me ask you a question. Do you think maybe more of it has to do with just the fact that the people are saying this are just growing up in a different era? Maybe, maybe, and I have such a, a kind of an old school way of thinking of what comedy is. It's and I've always had a kind of more, um, kind of more out there comedy choices and i would say comedy uh, preference i would say bottoms and barbie are very similar to to i mean they're broad they're a broad comedy they're they're spoofing a lot of things or it's a spoof yeah making... and, and and i'm sure they're i haven't seen barbie but i mean bottoms is pretty out there but yeah. i feel like it's also very safe and i would say barbie is pretty safe even though it's you know dealing with a lot of you know feminist ideas and and matriarchy and patriarchy i mean these are terms that comes up in the movie but it's a really strange movie it's probably one of the strangest films to ever made a billion dollars in the box office mm-hmm. or even you know it made you know it was one of the strangest films to be to be considered a, a bona fide box office because usually box big movies that make a lot of money in the box office are tend to be like kind of more mainstream hey, and, and barbie hey, you know, is not you- that if you consider the movie's budget, I bet it's one of the most successful movies of all time. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Because yeah. most of those movies in the top 10, they're like big superhero movies and stuff like that. Those are expensive. Avatar, those are expensive movies. Well, Barbie had a Barbie, pretty I don't substantial think... budget. But it's... not compared to like right. Endgame. Yeah, or even like Indiana Jones, which was like, a, like what, 300 and something? I'm like, Jesus Christ, you know. But I mean... um, I don't know. Let me throw you this question. What do you think about the state of comedy <laughs> in, in film, especially in this year? And are you we seeing a trend? What I thought about Barbie. <laughs> okay. You want to, you want to say, well, okay. Yeah. So, let Richard talk. Yeah. Let me hear your, 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 your opinions on Barbie and Rich. First of all, I appreciated Barbie a lot more than you did. Uh, I think Ryan Gosling did have a lot of funny parts in it. I thought he, he was the best part of the film. I agree with most people about saying that. Margot Robbie, I think she did a fine job acting wise. Uh, the 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 majority of the cast just did okay. Uh, the the direction I think is much more better than the, the writing. It, uh, as far as the comedy goes, yeah, it, it wasn't that wasn't uh, a laugh out loud comedy. I mean, but but Ryan Gosling did do his best, and I appreciate it. It's 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 a lot more similar to um, Barb and Star. Um, um, to me, and because um, there there were some funny elements to it. I mean, there was there was there. I mean, and, and and I I kind of appreciate the look that that uh, uh, Greta Gerwig made for some some of the parts. Um, so I did like a lot more than you did. So no, I, I told you, I, but uh, I'm not I'm not I'm not saying it's it's one of the worst comedies of the year or whatever. Unlike Bottoms. Uh. Oh, so you hated bo- bottom bottoms more? Bottom, yeah, bottoms was a, a typical uh, uh, book smart to me. It was just just mm-hmm. well overhyped. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and uh, uh, it's the female Fight Club, and that's exactly what it was. It was just uh, it was just a well. It's so it, funny because it's, it's a female Fight Club, but I don't think they understood the 
idea of Fight Club. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, the Fight Club. Well, well fight... I don't, I don't even think it was like a Fight Club. Um, I, but I, I, I don't even think of the movie as a, a book smart type of thing. I really looked at it as um, like they were trying to do kind of what Jody Hill does. Mm. Yes, and, uh, and I thought the the um the the director thought she was a lot, or I know she thinks a lot. Uh, she's it's a lot more funnier to her mm-hmm. than uh, it really is. Mm-hmm. And uh, I agree with that. Yeah. Um, and you know I'm, I'm a fan of Io Idabiri, who's who's the, the star of this film, uh, along with Rachel Sinat. Um, and uh, you know I, I really was expecting to see uh. To, to at least see her shine in it, mm-hmm. but actually, I actually uh, found her um, one of the horrible performances. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like uh, she's fantastic in The Bear and uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. She does a, a voice of April O'Neil. I thought she was just okay on that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bottoms, just just kill me now. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I, I'm kind of like the opposite. Even though I don't disagree with you of your assessment of Barbie, because I do think uh, the Ken portion of the that film works, because mm. it, there's a point of view. I mean, it's very easy to make fun of Ken because he's a stupid, you know, toy or whatever. Uh, it's it's just, it's just, it's just, you know, in a way, the way Ryan Gosling is playing him, it's he's playing like this really a, a big dummy, and that's just just that's just like a great source of of you know material there to to make fun of um bottoms on the other hand i don't think i ha- I hated it hated it i mean i think it's okay i didn't laugh at all at any of the jokes that's the problem mm-hmm. uh I, I think the the movie itself is kind of a more of a typical kind of coming of age kind of uh you know teenage i mean it's very typical i mean i think uh you have a bunch of a-holes and <laughs> as the main s- characters but I, I think I, eventually they learn a lesson, I guess. I don't know, really, if they learned a major lesson. But Yeah, I don't really know if they learned a lesson either. But um, but the thing is, but didn't you also see the movie like as this like very kind of like absurdist comedy? Because I really saw yes. like a lot of like, I like, I, I like almost, the ending's like Anchorman, basically. Yeah, there's a lot of Anchorman. There's a lot of Stranger with, well, at least to me, I, I find it to be a little bit more like Stranger with Candy, which is a mm-hmm. very funny uh, TV show. But in, in in the Comedy Central show with Amy Sedaris, the, yes, and and, and uh, there's a lot of kind of like setups and shot setups where it's like I've seen things like this done in other movies. It just in the other movies I've seen it in, it was funny. Mm-hmm. Here, I don't know what's missing. I I just don't know the like the idea of the spoof. Are they making fun? I mean, initially I thought, and, and I'm talking about bottoms. Initially I thought they were kind of making or poking fun at something like. Uh, 13 Reasons Why, which is the Netflix series, which is kind of overly dramatic, you know, everything's wrong whatever, about every teen issue. Is everything's going on in this one high school, and all the kids are kind of sad, depressed, and, you know, just terrible. And I thought maybe that's what they were kind of making fun of. I think that's the problem with both of these movies, or even, and I'm, I just don't want to even, stand, I don't want to put a, a point out both of these movies i think a lot of the films that came out this year a lot of the comedies are not hitting the the mark and not hitting they don't understand like, like like for instance joyride it's not really that that was a kind of a disappointing comedy as well i, I think they're not hitting the right mark and they don't understand the target i, I had to look up what joyride was right now because i was like what the fuck is joyride <laughs> i saw that in theaters <laughs> i know that i already forgot about it a lot of these movies also are are, are 
forgettable. I mean, I, I and that's why I say I think Barbie's not going to hold up. I mean, and that's my opinion. I don't know. Maybe it will, but I don't think it's going to hold up. When the buzz hit about Barbie, when it became this really since box office sensation, you would think that was going to be this landmark comedy of two. 2023 people were saying oh people like original films more now you know or they want original comedies now and when but i even saw you i know you you even laughed at uh matchbox 20 uh no i i, I, I did there's there's things that work in that in that movie but it's all centered around ken not yeah, barbie okay. though <laughs> so if it was oh. ken the movie perfect but it's it's such a kind of i think the I think the point of the movie doesn't necessarily hit the target. That being no, said, it, it's the third act was the, the weakest point. Oh, I think a lot of it just doesn't work. But the, with that, well, that being said, I, I think you're right about uh, Greta Gerwig's as a director. I think she kind of approved since the last two, her first two films. I think this yeah. is her ter- third film, right? I think yeah. she has really the uh, directing chops. The screenplay, well, obviously, obviously, she doesn't have to worry about it anymore after this. Right. So, I mean, she's the next big director, and I think that's period. Good. I go, that's that's great. That's great, and and that's fine. Uh, I, I good for her, right? I just, it's I just kind of like um, you know, everyone keeps comparing the movie to Elf, and it's like you know when when John Favreau made Elf, that kind of made him a superstar, right? Right. No, that's true. But this is, no. I would say no. this isn't. It's a little bit like Elf, but it's not. It's so weird. It's a. I mean. Well, I, I guess Iron Man made him a superstar, but he wouldn't have gotten Iron Man if it weren't for Elf. Right, right, right. Uh, but I mean, Barbie is—it's such a weird movie. It's more of an existential, weird satire, I guess, but spoofy satire. It to me, I was like, I don't know what the hell this movie is trying to say. For the whole time I was watching it, I—I I don't know what they're trying to know. do, <laughs> and. But it, with Bottoms, at least I understood what they're, you know, basically they were trying to do with that movie. It's because, like, it's basically a high school coming of age, you know, comedy where the misfits kind of win at the end. It's kind of the like, kind of same structure of all these kind of teen comedies. It's kind of like Revenge of the Nerds for mm-hmm. girls. If Revenge of the Nerds was like an Anchorman type of comedy. Yeah, yeah. And you think that would work. You but it's think not that funny. Would, it's not funny. Uh-oh. Uh, so... Well, at least not to us. I mean, and I, I, and like again, it. I don't want to point out just these well, two. Well, also, we should we should say people seem to like it, but also nobody's seen it. That's true. That's true. But I also want to say I'm not I'm not just pointing out these two films. I think a lot of the comedy comedies that came out this year kind of failed, and I, maybe you guys disagree with me, but I don't know if the state of comedy is going to be, or certainly in film, is going to be prospering. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what the future of comedy is. It going to be more like these two movies, where it's more kind of in the shadow of Adam McKay and Will Ferrell comedies. You know, is it going to be more spoofy? Uh, I don't know. What's your feelings about the comedy, the state of comedy in in twenty twenty three? Not good. <laughs> at least we're getting good stuff on TV. Mm-hmm. And I, I'll give you a list of what what has come out already. Well, uh, well, uh, let me co- say really quick though. I I think the the comedy that is going to change Mike's opinion. It's uh, coming out this weekend, uh, Dick's the Musical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, again, again, another kind of broad. Yeah, I know. Right? Maybe only kind of hitting a certain group of people who really cares about that stuff. 
uh, is that going to be the future of a comedy in in film? I you know I don't know. But let me give well, you. First a, of all, there's no big uh, comedy actors out anymore. I mean, uh, like young comedy actors. Right. I mean, ooh, um, there's only you know. I mean, who 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 is the new comedy king right now? Uh, but, uh what's his name? Uh, uh, the Jim Carrey's of the of no today's? no no. Um, uh, Steve Carell's? Oh no 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 no! Yeah. Right along. Uh, oh, uh, uh, Kevin, the Kevin Hart's of the of yeah, the Kevin world. Hart. Kevin Hart is it, oh. it, it, he's the new like you know comedy king right now. I mean, well, that, I mean, that's, he, that's he has been for the last yeah. uh, last couple of, of years, but I don't think anymore. I think he's kind of have grown out out of it. The I, I mean, maybe he is still viable. Seems but, like he moved on. Yeah, yeah. But I'm just but, saying, there's no real true comedy you know performers out there right now uh, at least john young. cena <laughs> yeah <laughs> well let me add, let me let me give you a list of the com- comedies that have come out this year that i in my opinion haven't really haven't been, haven't really been that great uh cocaine bear came out this year uh, i liked it enough i didn't think it was funny though right champions and okay, I liked know. it, but I didn't think it was that funny. <laughs> uh, Renfield, the horror comedy with uh, Nicolas Cage, it. yeah, I think it's one of the worst movies of the year. Um, no hard feelings with Jennifer Lawrence. I liked it enough. It's uh, I definitely laughed a couple times, and that enough to make me happy because nothing else made me laugh. Eighty for Brady. I have not seen this, but I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure that's a piece of shit. <laughs> On Netflix, surprised. we got we have a ghost. Which again didn't get that great of reviews. Uh, House Party remake or re- reboot. And Richard or Raymond, you saw this and you said this yeah. is pretty bad. And also the the white man can't jump. Uh, um, Oof. Uh, remake Even worse. And it, the year started off with a pretty bad comedy, which had a lot of potential. You people, uh, Eddie Murphy and Joni Hill's film. Again, another one that this was kind of not funny at all. And that's what I'm saying. I think after these movies have come out, and I don't know, I I really see a bad sign of, of the state of comedy comedy after all, all these films that have come out this year. Uh, and I don't know what, what's your what's your opinions on that. Well, I think the fact that we're still getting good stuff on TV is um, all that matters right now. Uh, yeah, I yeah. agree. I think TV is totally different ball game. I think they're doing much better. I think they're they're making you know. Also, a lot of comedy it just seems to work better in shorter form. Yeah, I think like so. Thirty minutes, Adult Swim. They go even ten minutes, huh? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think sometimes when you're dealing with a a thirty minute sitcom or comedy, uh, there's a quicker pace to it. And... Or, or or like a show like Dave, right? Or it's always Sunny in Philadelphia. Are yeah. those sitcoms? Are, yeah. are I don't know. I would no. I would say comedies, right? I mean. Uh, but yeah, it, it, <laughs> I, like, it, I mean, FX for me was like really putting out the funny stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes, the bears are considered a dark comedy. I mean, I get, I get on TV the comedy genre was is able to make bold statements, and you know they're they're doing different things. Where I think in in feature films they're kind of keep, keep, keeping with the same kind of style that was uh was kind of paid. But also, to... like I I hate to be like this, but also. There are all these kind of movies that are coming out. They're very kind of Hollywood and what Hollywood's into in the moment. Mm-hmm. 
And they're just, I don't think they're really focused on like, let's just make a funny movie. Mm-hmm. It feels more like, let's check all these boxes. Bottoms really feel like, feels like that. Uh, Rich, what's your, what's your thoughts? Sure on Barbie on, did too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Rich, what's your thoughts on, on the state of com- comedy in, in, in film? Well, I think um, uh, the thing is that you have to find the, the right directors for uh, comedy because, like, like, like they've been saying since the very beginning, anybody could direct drama, but it's hard to direct, direct comedy, and that's exactly what it has been. That's exactly how it is. It's a, uh, so it's a lot more riskier than anything to put out as far as uh, movie uh, goes. Mm. Um, so it's true. It's a lot more easier to make a TV series, a one-off TV series, to see if it works or not. Mm-hmm. But you know, there there are eventually going to be some gems out there, but not not much. I mean, it's just uh, it's just the harder it's a harder genre now. And, uh, let me pose this question: Maybe we have gotten too old that we're not really we we see it differently. I mean, there's people who really loves bottoms. And they're maybe a younger audience. Maybe the younger mm-hmm. audience thinks comedy, or they they perceive comedy a little bit different than than we do. Is that a possibility? Well, a lot of people like don't like uh, airplane comedy, like uh, traditional, you know, naked gun kind of comedy. That's that's like, you know, that's um, what Bottoms is trying to be. Yeah, and and it's like uh, it's it's that those directors were incredibly talented and mm-hmm. and those, those funny still today are like hilarious i mean top secret also I can't, I, top making secret those is, movies is difficult yeah, yeah you know what i mean like all the like practicalness and like all the sets that they have to build just to make a joke yeah visual gags and stuff no right? but they, they they come up with a, a joke a second and then no but, no, but, but there's, but, there's but, visual I mean, those jokes, jokes were, yeah. were difficult yeah, yeah. to do yeah it's yeah. not like today no no it's not exactly Oh, it's it's took actual talent. It's easier now to do, and and they still can't even get it right. And, and Top Secret, oh, yeah. there's that great visual gag where he has the big eye, you know, in the in the yeah. in the yeah. magnum five glass, and then he takes mm-hmm. off the magnum five glass, and it's you know it's the big eye, you know, it's like prosthetic. You there's know, also it, the whole thing underwater. Yeah, yeah, everything, man, everything is like chocolate mousse, <laughs> <laughs> souffle, airplane, man. That's a hard movie to make. Yeah, man. It's, it's it's total genius, and it, it's what it is. It's unappreciated but gems. Did, but didn't uh, I think they're, they're appreciated? It's just maybe they're not appreciated by a younger audience. They'll rather exactly. have their their version, which is bottoms. Mm-hmm. Well, they rather watch The Office for twenty times a, a day. Yeah, actually. that's a, that's an interesting way to put it. Because well, like, also I, let's not let's not just blame that all on the new generation. Because there's also people like in their forties and fifties. That's true. Okay. No, but I'm, I'm, I mean, I, there I think, are some there are some raunchy, uh, you know, uh, comedic. Uh, Writers and directors are out there right now, like uh, Sunny and Philadelphia guys. Those are you know, still yeah. fit in that category. Well, uh, more to, risky to risky, compare, uh, yeah, or, or or you know, Danny McBride and Joni Hill. Well, here, here's the thing. Guys. Here's the thing. Uh, to to like say, give an alternative to say something for for Bottoms though. So so Bottoms is you know it's about a, young, a group of young girls, uh, lesbians. So they're starting a fight club and they want to get you know popular. It's very similar to well, the well. I, they want they they specifically they want to start the Fight Club so they can meet chicks and get and, and get laid. Right. Mm-hmm. It's it's a, it's very much the kind of American Pie. Is also a little bit of uh, of um, uh, book smart and and to and, me it was specifically um like kind of like American Pie 
meets the uh, Jody Hill, Danny McBride movie, The Fist Foot, Fist Foot Way. Oh, yeah. Which yeah. was like a very kind of independent film they made before they got Eastbound and Down. <clears throat> and it's like a shoestring budget movie. So it has like all this kind of satirical comedy that we've come to know in their in their later work, mm-hmm. but it's even more out there. But it's also an independent film, so it also mm-hmm. has these very kind of serious dramatic moments, like in like in Bottoms, and I I really feel like that's like the best comparison. It also has the whole sports kind of fighting thing right. angle. Yeah, yeah and it, they're also making it was a little it was also a little hyper violent, and it had like crazy like scenes, absurdist scenes, and yeah. And I think a lot of critics or a lot of supporters of this movie are, are trying to point out that this is trying to, you know, point out some of the issues that teens are having right now, uh, or at least a young adults are having right now, either with whatever, uh, I, you know, identity, sexual identity, whatever, you know, all those kind of typical uh, But I don't think the issues. movie's necessarily saying anything that we haven't heard already no, in like a million I, other movies. No, I, I, don't think, I don't think so either. So I, I, I think that it's faint praise and it's maybe not even you know i don't know maybe why i don't i don't know why they would kind of point that out i mean people it really is kind of i guess like in a way like kind of kind of like what you were saying it's like book smart if book smart was a raunchy kind of uh absurdist comedy well, it's just it's none funny. of the kind of absurdist comedy works. And, and it's funny that you mentioned raunchy. Maybe it's just because we're comparing it to like things like you know airplane where we actually see like this kind of genius filmmaking in hand, and then right here we see like the most laziest kind of <laughs> effort at it. But you, you, but also at the same time to counter that, mm-hmm. you could probably say the same thing about the fit, the first fit. Oh fuck, mm-hmm. that Danny McBride movie, Fist Foot Way. Yeah, the Fist Foot Way. Yeah, you could probably say the same thing about that movie, and I think that movie is really funny. Mm-hmm. Well, the only comedy series I'm looking for uh, that's supposed to be happening that I'll I'll be re- hoping that, it, that that that's totally success is the re- the relaunch of Naked Gun series with Liam Neeson. <laughs> I mean, if that if that thing's half as funny as the uh, as you know the originals. That's a success to me. Well, well it's going to be Seth MacFarlane. Oh, he also God. did uh, A Million Ways to Die in the West with Liam Neeson, and that didn't turn out so great. So I, I wouldn't, you know. Well, well wouldn't, because I like the Orville, but well, still. That's, well, that's, well, the Orville's best when it's not even comedic. Let me, let me say something really quick, because you mentioned, like, uh, you know, the, the label raunchy comedy, and that's has been thrown out this year. With not just with bottoms, but with Joyride and hard no hard feelings, no hard feelings, and maybe there was something else. Strays, strays, and I I find that, that a lot of these uh, you know so called raunchy comedies are not necessarily raunchy at all, and maybe that's because there's been a whole string of of recent comedies that have been pretty tame, and just because they throw f word or you know f bomb and maybe they do you know talk about sexuality or whatever. Maybe that's considered raunchy nowadays. I didn't find any of these movies this year, any of the movies this year, raunchy at all. Not even no hard feelings. I mean, there was one really great scene. <laughs> I think it was it worked really well. I thought but... there were a couple. I thought the, just the whole premise at all uh, itself. But sure, it could have been explored more. It, it could have been. been yeah. it could have gone. It could have gone further. And I think they did. I thought for today, it, it went. It, it went enough. For I me think to be like... because of the the nature of what we're living through now, and and. They went out of their way to kind of really explain that, you know, this is a 18 and over kid. This is not necessarily uh, <laughs> molesting somebody, you know, like it went like way over to try to explain all that stuff beforehand. 
And I thought that was just unnecessary. I mean, I mean sure, the kid could be over 18. That's great. Fine, you know. But I think it, it, it seemed like it was tipping, towing around that kind of uh, uh, the whole idea of being, you know, pushing the boundaries, you know. I but for, honestly, for me, that does that I don't care. I mean, the movie was still funny. But the, the the reason I bring the raunchy stuff up, and I think there's an alternative to say something like Bottoms or even other these other comedies where everyone's trying to applause at the or give them appraisal for for you know you know highlighting some of these issues that teens are going through. Uh Gen Z, which is the new uh, a, a, um, Amazon superhero Gen satire. Gen V. Oh, Gen V, I'm sorry. Gen V. Gen V, which is the spinoff of The Boys. and No, that's a raunchy comedy or satire. And I think the it, the comedy works in that series. And it's honestly... I'd say it's more, say it's more a satirical show. Okay, sure, sure. And I think it's... But I, I think I was laughing it's at also, it. It's, it's also very different than something like... I don't, I don't know. I, I I get what you're saying. Like I I laugh a lot throughout Gen V. It's great writing. You mm-hmm. got we got great characters, great great story, great everything. And then you watch um you know bottoms and they're going and they're going on top of it. They're doing all they're trying to do all that, but they're going absurdist. <laughs> and it and it's all falling flat. And it's but all I, pathetic. I, and I think Gen V is actually hitting the mark when with their satire. And it's and it's dealing with the same issues. Right. That's why I brought the brought that up. I think this is. Definitely a show that I could recommend, and I think it's actually doing a really good job of of really, even though it's dealing <laughs> with superhero stuff and people have superpowers, it actually is saying something about a society that we're living right now where everything feels phony, <laughs> everyone's doing it for clout, everyone is trying to win points and get likes and stuff like that. And even though it's in this kind of world of the boys, it feels more... And I hate to say this, it feels like actually a lot more realistic than say something in Bottoms, which is supposed to be like a a really kind of you know edgy kid uh, high school uh, comedy. And to me, all that feels a little bit more fake. Um, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I think in in TV, there's a totally different uh, uh, ball game when it comes to comedy. I think they're doing a lot more bolder stuff. Uh, I think they're doing. Uh, satire right or in there i think they understand the target and understand maybe the the nature of the world right now that we live in where in films they're not doing i, I don't know it feels like they're in a different world for me for me even even something like no hard feelings which is supposed to be uh much more closer to you know you know a young woman who's dealing with financial trouble it, it, even that world didn't feel exactly i mean at least it's closer than most but it, it feels like it's not hitting the right kind of satire and uh, i don't know i I'm, I'm i'm sad because i you know i think comedies have been short shifted or short shafted uh this year in film because la- there's they're making less comedies nowadays and it used to be a viable uh genre and you know 20 years ago and i don't see it kind of moving in the right direction and maybe if you want even f- 20 years ago like a decade ago yeah yeah uh, and uh, uh, but I think if you Adam McKay was the last one. Yeah, I guess so. I think John Francis Daly and though his partner, or whatever Game Night was. Pretty... Yeah, well, well, that well, seems they moved on to bigger things. Well, they tried to with the, <laughs> the well, the Dragons. Let me just say that I think I think in TV they're doing more bolder stuff, and I think that the future comedy maybe lies in TV. But uh, what's your opinions on that? I agree. 
no, yeah, it's just, it's I, it, it's truly up to the uh, to studio who wants to back it up because A twenty four is not going to do. That's true, but I also want to bring something up really quick mm-hmm. that I find fascinating because um, I think the reason that comedy works so well on TV is because these kind of creators are really kind of given this kind of freedom to really. It feels like they have less restraints. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, that goes for every kind of comedy that I'm loving on TV right now. It feels like they kind of have their own little kind of writers team, writing team, and they're just kind of tr- trying to make each other laugh. And they're not really, they don't care about, you know, the this the like the channels or whatever that put these programs out. They're not really telling them like, oh, you you can't do that or that. When it's when you're making a movie, you have more restraints. But what what what's kind of frustrating and interesting, I think, is we got comedies like Bottoms and uh, what was the other one? Sure. Oh, now we we got the Dicks the Musical coming out, <laughs> yeah. which looks even worse than Bottoms. And um, those are independent films. Yeah, they should have no restraints as well. They should be funny. You know what I mean? They don't have to go through the whole studio bullshit. She Hulk should have been funny. <laughs> no, not with not with Marvel. Uh, that thing was doomed from the beginning. But do, yeah, do you I think know. maybe Bottoms and even uh, uh, let's leave Dicks the musical because maybe that <laughs> I, I don't know what that is. I mean, it's I, I seen bad the reviews. I seen the trailer. It's bad reviews. You think bo- something like Bottoms, where we're dealing with kind of independent films, do you think they still have restrictions? And maybe that's maybe the restrictions comes from the um, the the budget. Producers, the budget. I don't know. I don't know. But don't they have don't they have a budget a, a budget problems on TV too? I mean, look how cheap these shows are made for. Yeah. I mean, look at Adult Swim. <laughs> I you know Bottoms had that uh oh LB, LGBT whatever thing, so it's sellable. Well, I mean that's the that was the idea. Yeah. But I'm saying do you they, think there's any restrictions think. of actual yeah. actual uh they know go if you put this positive thing out there, they'll the, the critics will love it, and that's exactly what happened. Honestly, man, you know, really quick, I, I think getting movies like Bottoms, getting so many, like, comedies like this, so many movies that, like, really nobody cares about, I don't think young people are even really watching movies anymore. Yeah. No. You know well, I mean? that's, an, that's, another, that's another topic, yeah. But that's true. I think that's true, too. I don't think they have the uh, same I, kind of relationships. Because you know what? I'm, I don't have any interest in any of this shit anymore. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's all fucking garbage. Like, I'm so fucking burned down on movies. I'm kind of waiting for Oscar season and hoping that we get a couple gems. Like, you know, we got a new Martin Scorsese movie coming out. And I'm going to say it right now, the movie looks fantastic. I'm not going to see that shit in theaters. Mm-hmm. Three and a half hours? Fuck you. <laughs> and how about the, I'm not watching that in theaters. How about I'm not the, watching that in um, theaters. You'd rather wait than three and a half hours for a dance or a, a, a tool uh, <laughs> <A> poster? <laughs> yep. No, but uh, uh, um, how about um, Napoleon? Because I think that's equally uh, long. That's also the Apple Plus, right? Yeah, but a little bit later. I don't know when that comes out, but I'm going to watch them both streaming. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to watch them both streaming. These are, I mean, I love these directors, but they're so like, I, I got to make my movie three and a half. Hours. Mine's going to be four hours. You know, it's like well, guys, come this on. Is, this is the thing. What we are, me and Richard have been saying. You know, we have found that TV is a lot better than movies nowadays, and and. And yeah. look, there's always a, there's always a uh, you know a small and, movie and, or, or and all these like legendary filmmakers. It's like they're making these long ass movies, and it's like you know, 
you, the story would probably actually benefit if it was a TV show because then you'd have more time to even tell it. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. like like uh, Oppenheimer, for example, Oppenheimer is a great movie, right? I think it's one of the better movies of the year. But that being said, I think the last hour, of, it's a three-hour movie. I think the last hour of that movie is not great. It's not bad either, but it feels very kind of like condensed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like it should be like, like it could have been like two episodes of television, maybe three episodes. And it's like... Oppenheimer would have actually probably been in a, a, a better TV series than a movie. But, you know, all these filmmakers nowadays are like, um, oh, I got to make my three hour epic, my four hour <laughs> epic. And I'm talking about these legends, iconic filmmakers I respect. But I mean, you know, sometimes, you know, if you want to tell a good story, maybe you should go and tell it on TV. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, and I, I'm, I'm sure that Apple TV is w- waiting for for these filmmakers to to decide to jump onto television or, or you know. You know, a, a multiple episode storytelling. They're they're just continuing feeding feeding uh, Marty's ego. Can you talk about Marty? I mean, <laughs> How dare you, man? Because it's gonna be a three and a half hour movie, man. I don't want to see the three and a half hour movie. <laughs> I, I, why can't it be a TV series? It'll probably benefit from that. Also, I I think I think it's gonna be fine. I think it's gonna be great. I don't look. I I'm a like I said. I'm a big Martin, Martin Scorsese fan, but uh, I don't think. Uh, Killers I, of the I Flower guess. Moon is going to be. I don't think it's going to be. I'm expecting really good performances. I don't think the film itself is going to be that great. And then that's just you think me. It's be a thinking. Silence. I like. I love Silence actually. See, that's the oh, thing. Oh really? I, lo- I like oh, okay. Silence a lot. Uh, you think? Yeah. Uh, you think Kevin Costner's uh, two uh, two piece masterpiece Western coming up? Is it going to be three hours each? Probably. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably gonna be really crappy. <laughs> How dare you? Well, he's gonna he has he's gonna try to do his his Taylor Sheridan thing. Right? Well, here, here's the thing. Here's the thing about he starred. Wait, wait. You you mentioned like, I know, but I mean he lost it a long time ago. How so you? so you you mentioned like if younger generations are getting not you know they're not as in love with film as we were. No, and I think no, that's uh, I, I think that's I do, true. I do think I do think the younger generation though. I th- I do think you know. They like movies, and I do think when they watch a movie like Goodfellas or whatever, like they'll love it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, we don't get movies like that anymore. And even when we do get great mm-hmm. filmmakers, like it's rare that they make something that's like that great, but also that accessible and enjoyable. You know what I mean? Well, I, I think it's, you know, like like Raging Bull, Goodfellas, mm-hmm. those are great movies, right? Those are great movies, but they're also very enta- very entertaining. They're very accessible, and they're also the type of movies that win awards. Mm-hmm. Now we get, you know, The Irishman, which I like, but it's not really accessible, in my opinion. It's not really that entertaining. Mm-hmm. It's more really kind of more, it feels more like something that's made for a specific crowd. And I think movies are kind of getting alienating, honestly. Mm-hmm. They're being made for, people don't know how to make movies for general audiences anymore, I guess. Are good movies for general audiences. Well, here, here well, to go back to your your thoughts. I I do believe that a younger audience don't have the same connection to movies that we used to. I mean, the, the, it, my generation, there there was kind of this language of film that we would communicate. We would quote the films. There was kind of this personal connection to films. Now that, people quote The Office. Uh, yeah, or they quote things from from social media. You know, or you know, like there, there's like social media. Yeah, memes, memes and stuff, but, are, but that that has a that has a, a certain life period. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. But I mean that those are it's somehow and, those and are kind of the bigger pop culture. I feel references. I feel the thing. I feel the main pop culture references right now is like The Office and 
maybe a couple other sitcoms here and there, but yeah, man. But I, mean, but I think what you're I, saying about you and you and you're, you're bringing up some, you know, like what's the difference between say the Goodfellas and even something like uh, Irishman. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the difference, you know, obviously the movie industry has changed over the years. And I think what ha- has happened is that now we're dealing with studios who are not just movie studios. They're they're also, they're also. Well, like, I think if, also, well, honestly, I think also a lot of these filmmakers, they're not really interested in making those type of entertaining films anymore. I think Martin, Ma- Martin wants, Martin Scorsese wants to make part of more kind of important movies. Right. And I'm sure Killer Fly, again, I'm sure it's going to be a great movie. But I'm also sure it's going to be kind of like, you know, a history lecture, a very well-directed history lecture or something like that. Well, maybe. I, just, we, we don't movies know. But... Are just becoming, movies are just becoming alienating. That's all I'm saying. And they have been for a while. And while I still like, you know, watching movies to try to find the gems, there's a lot less gems every year. Uh, I think. Um... And that and that that itself is making movies alienating to me because it's a frustrating experience watching all these movies to just find a couple good ones. And I think the difference here, the difference between movies back then and movies now, because back then there were just movie studios who made movies and that was their goal. Now we're dealing mm-hmm. with movie studios who are actually part of a, a, a conglomeration or part of a bigger kind of company who are dealing with different things. Disney is not just, yeah. just making movies. They're making uh, streaming movies or st- streaming TV, and they also have a, a theme park uh, business. They're uh, a brand. A- they're a brand. So Amazon is not just making movies, but they're also, you know, sell uh, well, toilet Amazon's paper like, and Well, Amazon's the only books. one doing it right right now, so maybe we shouldn't, like, oh, I mean, throw but, them but, into it. But, like, like, say, A24 films, right? And not yeah. all A24 films are great. But, I mean, there at least there's a quality base there. And I think because they're company, and I'm, you know, I guess they, you could say they're a smaller studio, but they mm-hmm. are only devoted to making good movies. I think that's Man, the difference. They, back, all, they got they got their merch. Yeah, and also I think back in the day when you're we're dealing back in the seventies or the eighties, the movie studios were only in the business of doing movies and trying to make as good as movies as they can. And nowadays, it's not just movies. It's not the core business. It's also it's just a side business. It's in 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 in. Take for instance Disney. It's it's about making a movie and also tur- turning some of those characters in toys and making a, a, a you know theme parks about it. And, you know, it, it, movies is just a little cor- you know little kernel of what the whole business uh, the whole business of 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 what they do, right? So yeah. I think that's the major difference. That's so, an interesting way to look at it. I think that's the major difference, and I think that's why we have seen a lot of these mainstream and, and movies. All, and, and everything you just said right now, it makes me think of the boys. Right. Well, the boys are like. making fun of that. I think the boys yeah, understand. Maybe that's why we love it so much. Right? <laughs> yes. Well, that's why I love it so much. But I, I think. Well, I, I th- love it for a lot of reasons. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I think uh, uh, I think that's why we see the difference between these mainstream movies and why they're not connecting to a broader audience. And plus, you know, I don't know what's a main audience anymore. We live in such a weird. I don't think there is one. Yeah, we live in a weird uh, time where there's a bunch of just circles and echo chambers and. And uh, you know bubbles, and you know it's if, you know uh, for me it's uh, I found it very strange that Barbie was able to break into these, break into the mainstream and also Oppenheimer, but maybe that was just because it was uh, successful in their campaign of uh, promoting the movie. Maybe it's much more of a success story in the promotion of it than actual the, the films themselves. But um, we'll save it for another day. That was our kind of take on uh, comedies and, you know, and our, our thoughts on, on, on film. 
and what's going on in the business. Anyway, thank you for listening to Inside Flicks. And uh, yeah, that was that's about it. I, we got to go. <laughs> we got to go. Um, Rich, last words. Uh, shits and giggles. Perfect. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye, <laughs> everyone.